I couldn't sit on her lap and snuggle on her lap downstairs in the chair. I remember saying, you're too big for me to carry up the stairs. And mom would come in and lay with me to put me to sleep. And I just remember thinking, feeling that love that she had. And I would say, mom, when I go to sleep, do you have to get up? Because I knew what she would do, because she always did. So that was an early feeling of love. Uh, my grandma made me feel so special as a little girl. I always felt loved by my grandma. And I was the youngest of, I don't even know how many grandchildren. There's 25 years difference from the oldest to the youngest grandchild. She had all these grandchildren, and she made me feel like I was just special. And uh, she would make bake cookies, sugar cookies. That was her famous, famous sugar cookie thing that she'd do. And she'd cut my hand out, and that would be my special cookie. And my grandma passed away when I think I was eight, so I don't have a lot of years, but those very few years of knowing my grandma and the love that I, she shared with me, um, that was early memories. And then one time on a vacation, when I was very young, I remember going to see the movie Charlotte's Web, and I remember sitting in that movie thinking to myself, because my, my sisters were quite a bit older than me, or a little bit older than me. They would hate if I said quite a bit older. <laughs> they they really, look a lot older. They are really old. Oh, no, no, they're only just a few years older than me. But I was young, and they were teenagers, or you know. And I remember sitting there thinking, my entire family came to this movie just for me. Because I didn't figure they wanted to see it, but they all knew that I did. So my entire family came just for me. So that was my early memories. Did you have some you wanted well, to share? I just, I just really kind of had one. Um, of course, I had five brothers and sisters, and there were a lot of times there wasn't a whole lot of, a lot of food to go around. And so my mom, she would fix fried chicken, and all the chicken would get dispersed, and the only thing left is the backs and the necks, which is what my mom ate. And I, I think to myself, of course, at the time, you don't think much about it. But as I look back now, I see that my mom loved us so much that she didn't care that all she got, she, she prepared the meal, she got ready for the meal, and she knew she was going to be the only one cleaning up after the meal. And you would have thought, she would have thought, well, I should get the best piece. But she always waited till everybody else got served. She took what was left, which was never anything good. I never heard my mom complain. I never once heard my mom say, wow, I sure wish I could have got a good piece of chicken. So, I mean, that, and, and I really didn't think much about it until we started talking about this, and I, and I thought, well, what's one thing that I, could, that I could think about that really makes me feel like I was loved? And it's that knowing that my mom loved me so much that she would eat whatever was left because that's what she did, you know. So that's really where I'm at this morning with that. You have the first type of love. Oh, I do. Okay. So let's take our Bibles. Let's hold them up. This is God's Word for me today. We're going to actually turn over, which you probably don't even necessarily need to turn over, but John 3.16. But, but my first scripture that you probably have in your bulletin is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to take the time to read that whole chapter this morning, but I would love for you to go home today and read that chapter and then maybe read it again and maybe read it again. But when I think about love, when I think about this uh, agape love, I come to the first scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish 
but have eternal life. Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that in your word is power, in your word is love. And I just ask, God, that we would receive that love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. See, agape love is a love that, that, that involves faithfulness, commitment, and the act of will. You see, agape love, and, and, and to preface this, uh, the Greeks had several words for love. The Bible doesn't deal with all these words that we're going to use today, but the precepts are there. But agape is a love that is actually mentioned in the Bible, and the Greeks had several words for the word we call love. That's why we, we, we say we love our dogs, and we love fried chicken, and we, because, because we have one word to describe that emotion. But there's actually way more than just one word that will describe that. And, and this type of love is, is distinguished from other loves because of its, its moral nature and strong character. It, it's, it's not swayed by the opinions of the world and it's not swayed by, by the circumstances of the world, but it's a love that we can depend on. Agape love, as we, as we talk about it, described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and, and, and most of you probably know a lot of that by heart, but it's just a love that transcends everything else. It's a love that, that nothing else can compare to. It's a love that only we can only be a part of as we, as we truly faithfully serve God. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This kind of love can, can, be, can be described in this laying down your life for your friends. Romans 5, 8, But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, now you, think about, you think about this scripture, and, and you think about us as people, and in today's society, we do something for somebody that deserves it, right? I get a paycheck because I go to work. If I don't go to work... I'm not going to get that paycheck. In a sense, I deserve that paycheck. Um, if, if, I, if somebody, the guy, uh, Buster, pushes the driveway this morning, he deserves the paycheck I'm going to give him when we're going to send him a paycheck, when he sends us a bill. There's many things in life that we get because we deserve it. But this scripture tells us that while we were still sinners, while we, we were not able to, to, we weren't doing anything for God, while we were still in our sinful state, Christ died for us. That is a kind of love that, that we need to grasp. Because it's, God is not only wanting to show that, but He wants us to show that kind of love for people. He wants us to be people that, that will show agape love, a love that, that is without question. It's a matter of will. It's not just a feeling. We get a lot of feelings, right? You know? You feel love. Well... Sometimes that's not really love, you know. But agape love is a, is a love of will. I'm going to do this because I'm determined to do this. It doesn't matter if I feel it today. It doesn't matter if I feel like I love my neighbor today. I'm still going to show love because it's a feeling in my life. It's something that I choose to do in my life. I love this. It says agape love is motivated primarily by the interest and welfare of others. You see, what benefit did God get by sending His Son to the cross? He got us. Well, would you call that a benefit? Come on. I know some of you rascals. 
I'm related to you. Come on. And you know me. I'm not a benefit to God. Except for the fact that he says, I'm going to put you, my creation, ahead of myself. It's that kind of love that says, I, I am going to look more out for what you need than what I need because I love you with that kind of love. My will says, you are, are my desire to, to do something good for you over what I might myself want. Take it away. I love the way we have two different preaching styles. So we were getting our message ready, and I did an outline. I told Aaron this at work. I said, I did an outline, and Terry goes, I don't get it. There's nothing on there. You don't have any scriptures? I said, well, that's what we got to do. We got to fill in the blanks here. Because he doesn't prepare the same way. So he goes in and he fills in. I see his notes here. None of that stuff was on his notes. <laughs> but me, everything I'm going to say is written down here. So it's <laughs> difference. So the next type is filial love. Filial love. That's the brotherly love. Like these, these examples. Mike and Sully from Monsters Incorporated. Tom and Jerry, the Lone Ranger and Tonto. That was mine. <laughs> Batman, Batman and Robin. I'm from the Bible, Jonathan and David. My scripture is found in Hebrews 13.1. Let brotherly love continue. Pretty straightforth. Psalms 133.1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So brotherly love is a type of love we share with our church family and friends and even our coworkers. It's often shared with a friend of the same sex, that guy-guy friend and the girl-girlfriend. We have things in common. Although we do sometimes share with the opposite sex, obviously we have to guard ourselves as Christians with that. Um, I know here, I feel that brotherly love with so many. Um, in this church, we should have that. Brotherly love is the friend that seems to have your back. The friend that understands that you're just having a bad day. Um, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes you just have to walk out of the room and say, I'm just, I'm having a bad day, and a friend that would do that. A friend isn't afraid to warn you of danger or make you aware of a bad decision. Um, I had that kind of a friend actually this week. Even though he's my son, he was my friend because I had posted something on Facebook and I'd listened to where I thought it was, oh, it's so good. I've shared it. I thought it was so sweet. I tagged my daughter in it. And I, I quit before the very last sentence. And the very last sentence in that video had two bad words. And I get this text from my son. Mom, did you know that? I'm like, No. And so then I re-listened, and then I, I did do a disclaimer, like, I'm really sorry that I did that. But to me, that was that type of love that's like, sure, he was, it's mother-son thing, but I think he'd do that to a friend. You know, if you put something on and you're like, you know, Facebook, everybody gets to know our business now. And that's a friend that would, you know, say, hey, did you, did you mean to post that? Uh, I know Amanda's told a story before of something like that where a friend, you know, so that's the kind of friendship brotherly love is. Jonathan David had that type of brotherly love where Jonathan was willing to go to David and even tell that he was his life, to spare his life. Um, his life was in danger by Jonathan's own father. And Jonathan was that good friend that went. Um, I know a lot of times if you're making a financial decision that's just not really wise, and a friend may just say, you know, do you really have the means to do that? 
So we don't always think of brotherly love as being the type that warns us, but a brotherly love is that type. And it's the type that shares. It's the type that, that um, it isn't just reserved for a few special people. Brotherly love is to be extended to our Christian friends. We're to have the spirit of unity in our church and to show compassion and forgiveness to one another like the scripture says. We're to live out our Christian brotherly love by weeping with those who weep. Showing deep compassion and sorrow when someone's hurting and sorrowful. And I think we have to do that one across, across this church and across our, our other, our, you know, the friends we have in Christ. We have to show that compassion. It's also about being excited and being happy for our friends and our brothers and sisters. We recently have had the joy of sharing in lots of excitements. We have several engagements here that we're happy. We have new babies coming. I mean, we need to be happy when other people in our church are happy. So we need to share when our brothers and sisters are getting a new job or a new home. Brotherly love is to be extended to our church family, not just a few, but to all of us across the aisles, across this room, to ones that haven't been here for a while, and to reach out, to have compassion and love for one another, and to forgive as Christ has forgiven us, you, because forgiveness is also a part of that. Um, it's easy to be offended in this world, yeah. and sometimes it's not even, even meant, the meaning wasn't there, and, and I often have to stop and think, okay, the, behind the, the intent was this, even though it, it got to me, the intent was good. And so that also is a way we can show that brotherly love and hold each other up and build each other up. And that's what Christ says when he gives us those scriptures um, he, in Hebrews. Let brotherly love continue. All right. Man. All right. There's another type of love. It's called storge. And it's a, it's a type of bond between a mother that an infant, or, or father and son, or children, or relatives. Um, John chapter 11, verses 21 and 22, I believe, is, a, is an example of this type of love. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, there's a natural bond between Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and Lazarus is who... Uh, who this story is about. And there's a bond there that, that shows that care and concern uh, for the, the person that they care about. Uh, and, and you see that bond that crosses uh, family lines in, into your closest of friends. You know, there, there's that bond that, that you know that you share with that person that is just powerful. Um, I, have, I have a lot of family members. I have a lot of extended family members, and I love them. But there, there's something about the bond that you share even with, with your church family that is, that is special. That, that's why one of the many reasons I feel like it's so important to, be, important to be a part of a church is because there's that bond that you share with people that, that is, you really can't even understand, but it's just something that draws you together. And it's that, that, that type of, of, of family love and concern. Um, you know... We even have that kind of care and concern for our animals. Do you not feed your animals? I mean, you care about them, and when they hurt, do you not care? And, and, and you know, there's, that, there's that, that family type of love that you have even for your pets. 
Um, this kind of love is in, in your family. Think about your family unit for a, for a minute. And do you stop loving your family when they do something bad? Do you stop loving your children when they disobey? Do you, do you, you, know, you stop loving your child if they disappoint you? Or, or uh, do you think Tom Brady's wife quit loving him because he, he bombed the Super Bowl? I mean, seriously. Uh, she, but, but it's that it, the circumstance is not dependent on that family love, on that, on that type of, of, of love where you care and you concern. And kind of like what I talked about my mom earlier, her family was, was what was important, you know. Um, and so this type of love is shown uh, in, in that time of sickness, you know, and, and we've all went through times of sickness, right? We've had family members that we have loved and they've been sick. Did you say, well... Well, there's somebody else's problem now because they're sick, you know. You know, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this. When you get better, give me a call and I'll come hang out with you. But, but it's, that, it's that kind of love that says, hey, you know, we're family here. We take care of each other. Uh, when, when we need that, we take care of each other. Um, and, and then, again, it, and it's similar to some of the other loves, and a lot of these are kind of intertwined a little bit. Um, but it's just that I have family that I care about. More than anything else, I have that bond. It's, it's different than the love we have for the world. It's that, that those people that are in our life that, that we care about and we always are wanting to do something for them. We're always wanting to celebrate with them. Kind of like what Lisa was just talking about it. But, but we always want to be there with them, no matter what they're going through. And matter of fact, even a lot of times, uh, we want to be there even the more when they're sick. When they're sick, you know, you, you've had children that are sick. You, you, what do you want? You want to take their place, right? You say, oh, God, if it could just be me instead of my child that could be sick. You know? <laughs> Josh, Josh said, oh, not me. Uh, 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 hope this okay. <laughs> but that's a little different. Anyway, um, but, but it's that, it's that, that kind of love, and, and we extend that in, you know, into our church family here, you know? We love, we love people outside these walls. But when we think about our church family and we think about what they might be going through, it just draws us even tighter into that, man, you know, what can I do to help them? What can I do to show them that, that I love them that much? So, it's your turn. All right. So, uh, number four. This one is called Ludus Love. It is a word in Latin for love, and it is not directly mentioned in the Bible. This is the one that we chose that is not in the Bible. However, we feel like the principles of this type of love are found in Scripture. I do want to say that in my study on Ludus love, I discovered that it can be described in ungodly relationships too. But for my topic and for today, it also describes a fun love or a happy love or L-O-L, laughing out loud. Ludus meaning game in Latin is used by those who seek love as a desire to want to have fun with each other, to do activities indoors, outdoors, tease, uh, play harmless pranks on each other. The acquisition of love and attention itself may be part of the game. So that's why Ludus is this fun love. Uh, Proverbs 15, 13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. In Psalm 68, 3, may the but, the but may the righteous 
Be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. So children show this type of love with their family and friends just naturally. Have you ever just played with a child? They, even at a very young age, they just know when you're being playful with them. They know the difference. Clementine was a very young baby. She'd come to my house. Um, I'd babysit for her. And she was very content. you give her these toys, and she'd play, and she'd play. And we had, like, a basket of toys that were always she always just loved playing with. But she always knew when I chose to sit on the floor with her. Her face would light up. And she was just little. She couldn't even walk yet. Like, oh, you're going to get in my world. You're going to play with me. And she'd light up, and we would eat the food and drink the little cups and stuff. And, and even as a very young baby, they know this playful love. Um, the, other night at, the other day at preschool, I, I chose to sit in the block area. And it's not one of my favorite places to be. And I was there, and I was playing. This was in Warsaw. And I was playing with the kids and and um, trying to build something, and I, I don't know how to build stuff. They're creative. Boy, they can build amazing things. But I'm like, okay, I can put this block here. And so this little boy comes over, and he's like, oh, it's a garage for the superhero. And then he was starting to talk my language a little more. And I was putting the car, and I had the superheroes on top, and then I got kind of bored. And so I'm like, okay, that was fun. I think I'm going to go play at a different table. He goes, no, Mrs. Massey, stay here and play with me. I kind of broke my heart because I don't get in the block area very much because it's just not, I can't do that all the time. But that child knew that that day I was playing with him. So children know about, about this having fun and being happy and this joyful type of love. Family game nights, movie nights, that type of love is often found in our homes with small children. What about vacation times? Uh, when you plan a vacation, why do you plan a vacation? So you can go and have some fun. Uh, swimming, fishing, playing games. Those are the happiest, many people, the happiest place they can be, they'll say, is Disney. Why? Because there's lots of fun things to do there for a family. When Terry and I were first married, uh, we had a large youth group, and we had a tiny home. And it didn't matter because we invited our large youth group over into our tiny home all the time. And his Aunt Bev actually called our house the party house. We never did anything bad at those parties. We didn't have any alcohol, any nothing, no drugs, nothing. We were just friends being goofy. And I'm talking extremely goofy. And, but we laughed, we laughed, we talked, we played It was games. the other people that were goofy, not no, us. It we, was, were, we were mature. We were, we were way goofy. You've had friends like that. Come on. Y'all have those goofball friends that you just want to hang out with. Friends were, these, my friends now, those friends are not around anymore because they've moved away and time has separated us. But they're still very special to me. They're still very special because of the, the way we would laugh together and we would have fun. Um, that's why I love Ladies' Night Out. Uh, it's just a fun time to enjoy with the ladies of this church. Um, or going, and I put this in here, and my two friends that I do this with aren't here, but sometimes we just go with a few couples from the church. We go hear a Southern Gospel group um, when we can find time to do that. That's something we enjoy, and we, we just have a good time. And we, there's, everybody has things that you can do with your friends that can be uh, fun and happy. Do something that makes, that's fun. Do something that makes you laugh. Laughter is good medicine. And we need more of those times together to just have fun with each other and enjoy our friends. I'm going to just piggyback on her. Can I jump on your 
Sure, just for a just minute. I'll just add a little. Uh, no, I, <laughs> um, church should be fun. It should be. I, it should, really should. We should be able to have, in this type of setting, we should be able to have a lot of fun. That's why we do some things that are just fun. We do New Year's Eve service. We don't do a service. We do a New Year's Eve thing. Why? We just like to have fun and get together. My wife, at midnight on New Year's Eve, it's like it's the end of the world if she doesn't get a, go outside and yell Happy New Year. Okay, and, and man, was she depressed. I mean, um, but, but you know, and, and there's been a couple of times, you know, there was one time when she mentioned having the youth group over. Well, when we first got married, I just, I took her out of Kilcuck Assembly and, and drug her to Hamilton. Well, so we had the Hamilton youth group, and then she was still connected to the youth, Kilcuck youth group, and we were living in a little trailer in Keokuk. And so we had this bright idea to invite both youth groups. And so we're packed in this little trailer, wall-to-wall, standing-room-only crowd, and I hear a knock on the door. And one like, of the shyest, quietest guys in the group. <laughs> was standing at the door, and he said, it's the police. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Well, the walls were thin. So I walked over to the front door, and sure enough, the cops are standing there wondering what's going on. And I said, well, we're having a youth group party over here and I think cops are pretty sharp they can smell if there's anything out of the out of whack they just said oh well your neighbors are complaining could you keep it down a little bit oh <laughs> unbelievable and and there was one other time I want to mention before we go on and finish up here um we'd been out eating pizza or something like we used to do on Sunday nights all the time and we were I was driving down the road had my best friend with me and some other people and and one of the passengers in the car got sick. Well, I pulled over. There was a car or two behind me. A friend, we're all traveling together, pulled over. And the person, I won't mention Linda's name, but the person was out <laughs> getting sick. And, and my best buddy, the cops pull up and say, hey, is anything going on? And he said, oh, you better check in his trunk. I'm like, seriously? So the pop, I popped the trunk up, and, you know, cops looking around. I was like, I said, she's just sick. She got sick. She's not feeling good. I'm thinking, thanks, Mike. But he, did, he knew there was no reason not to. But that, we just, we got together, and we had fun, but we did it in a way that wasn't dishonoring to God. Um, we, and even that, I didn't get mad at him because I knew that he pulled that kind of stuff. He was always pulling stuff. And, uh, but we... But we we had fun together and did it in a way that was God honoring because you know we were we were um, just doing yeah. Which is why the time we were getting ready to go to Six Flags and oh. getting in the car, he goes, "My foot, Terry, you're running over my foot." And Terry's like, "Oh, Roy, ha ha." He really was. Uh. <laughs> you can't believe the dude, man. Anyway. Luckily, I, luckily, I got stopped and didn't he didn't get yeah, hurt. Yeah, we but. didn't have to. Oh well. Yeah, anyway, he stopped quick enough when he finally convinced him. I'm serious. All right. Well, the last thing we're going to talk about this morning um, is is eros, which is a romantic love, and it's 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 a passion. A passionate love or romantic love, uh, and we're not going to talk about this for a long time. But but if you're married, this should be a part of your life. This is, in this particular love, it's not specifically mentioned uh, in the Bible, but it's a principle that is weaved in, in many scripture. And if you've ever read Song of Solomon, it is a love letter from Solomon to his wife. And it's very descriptive. 
love letter from Solomon to his wife. So um, this type of love is, is not unclean, it's not evil between a husband and wife, but it's a gift to married couples. God has given this gift for, uh, for us to strengthen our bond and to ensure the survival of the human race. <laughs> Duh. Um, so, I mean, it, it's... Uh, yeah. So, it's a love that every husband and wife should be experiencing. Uh, I'll just say that if you're married, um, and this is one of the things that's lacking in your marriage, you, it's just ask God to help you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, what can we do as a couple um, to be more passionate for one another? To, and my wife has probably prayed many times, God, give him a little romance, okay? Come on, help him out! Uh, you know, <laughs> what is wrong with this dude? Give him a little, you know, but, um, <laughs> all right, now, come on. We don't have to be that honest, honey. God, God hears my prayers. God hears my prayers. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, all right. So, I got lots of books on this subject. You can go to the library and find And it's, o- it's, it's okay. It's okay to uh, ask God to help you in, in, in this area, but also in, in all these things that we've talked about this morning. Think about your, your, your okay, I'm going to say this, don't mean it wrong. Think about your love life. Think about your love life between you and God. Think about your love life between you and your, and your neighbors. Think about your love life between you and your family. Think about your love life between you and the world. And, and, and find out where are you weak. Maybe you haven't had fun in years. And you're saying, God, I need some of that fun love where I can get around some Christian brothers and sisters or, or around my family or around my kids or my grandkids and I can just have fun. I'm not the funnest, most fun person in the world. You probably don't know that about me, but I really have to be pushed to, fun, to get into fun unless I'm fishing and catching fish. That, that's natural. But, but my wife is the fun one. She's the one who plans vacations. Why? Because it's fun. She's the one that, that says, oh, I'm not gonna, we're going to settle home alone until the first opportunity she gets to invite the grandkids over. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to spend all weekend doing nothing. And then, oh, yeah, we're having the grandkids. You know? Why? Because she enjoys doing that kind of thing and having fun. Um, and so... There's, there's all that, but, but if you struggle in that area, ask God to help you to just have some good fun. If you're struggling with that, maybe there's a brother or sister in the Lord that, that you're really struggling having that kind of godly love for. Say, God, I'm struggling. Help me to have the kind of love I need for my brother. And if you're struggling, and, and, and I think this is a struggle that we as Christians have sometimes but don't have. If you're struggling to love the lost, God, help us. God, help me to love that person that is so lost that every time I see them, they just drive me crazy. Why? Because they're lost, and the devil doesn't want me to love them. But God, you can help me to love them in a way that brings them to you. You see, God wants our lives to be full of love. And I think if we really get a hold of what He has for us, we can love in so many ways, in so many capacities, Loving, the, the Bible teaches us our first love is God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy, thy soul and all thy strength. So first of all, our love capacity is towards, you know what, I've, and I've said this and we've talked about it, I believe God is a fun God. 
I believe in serving God is, is fun. I enjoy serving God. It's not one of those drudgeries for me. I enjoy it because he's a fun God, and he provides us opportunities for that. But he's so much more. He's so much more. And so as we head into this week of Valentine's Day, husbands, I encourage you to do something fun, do something romantic, do something that in, inspires or encourages your wife. Wives, uh, Pray hard for your husbands. <laughs> we need it. God, help us to be what you need as, as a husband. And, and, uh, and seriously, God wants us to have love and share love. Hun, do you have any closing remarks? Why you were given all the commands to the husbands for Valentine's Day. I think it goes, you know, wives, we can be kind. We can show kindness to our husbands and people we love. We can... We can have we can have sweet words. We can soften our 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 tone a little. Are you talking about just for one day or like? Well, I've just got to know here. We're starting this week, and we'll come back and check in on everybody. There you go. This week, see how everybody will see how the mood is, and so you know, there's a lot of things you can do. You can you you do sometimes have to soften the tone and soften the mood, and and make your home a place where your husband feels loved and appreciated, and. And so, yes, women do want their husbands to be romantic, and, and, and husbands want to be appreciated and, and be spoken kindly to. So that is probably why we chose to preach on this for Valentine's Day. I know this is a little different, little different kind of message, um, but I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you take something away from this today and this week. And, and really, I hope the Lord challenges you that if there are some areas in your love life that you're lacking, that God will show you how you can strengthen those. That God will show you how you can be better uh, at what He wants you to do. Better at loving in every capacity. So, In Missionettes, last, our impact uh, a couple weeks ago, something got brought up about love, and one of my girls was like, what is love? And I was really surprised by that, that, that she asked that. So I'm hoping to expand a little bit with the girls about this. And then I... We were talking about being a witness, and I said, well, you've got to love the people you talk to about Jesus. And one of the girls said, I don't love them. I said, well, they're your friends. You want to love? I don't love my friends. And, and I, I just talked to her. I thought, you know, in this world, a lot of people don't understand. We little kids, she's just learning. At this age in her life, she knows she loves her mom, her dad, her sister, her grandparents. She knows that's love. But she hadn't really thought about brotherly love. She hadn't really extended that vocabulary out to, well, yeah, I love you. You're my friend. And so it was kind of neat for me because I understand that I love you because you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. So remember, too, that kids can see us and learn about love and learn about agape love, that giving out of ourselves and doing... They're watching us. So also remember, we're the example of the type of love that, that God has given us. We're the example to the children. Amen. All right. Well, let's close this morning. Lord, this morning I do ask that your Holy Spirit would teach us how to love, teach us to have more love. And God, in, in every aspect of the love that we've talked about this morning, we ask that you would lead us in those areas, that you would guide us in those areas. God, you know our weaknesses. We ask that you would fill us with your love that we can then dispense out to the world around us in every area and in every way. 
Lord, we thank you for that. I pray your hand upon us as we go home. Give us your protection and your grace, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.